Well, good morning. Welcome to Tuesday. Nice to have your company. This is Marcus Paul as we go right around Australia on the iHeartRadio app. Tune in and, of course, on starterfm.com.au. It's nice to have your company on a Tuesday morning. Plenty to talk about. Uh, The latest news, of course, you'll hear that throughout the program. Uh, My say on quite a few issues. Uh, By the way, if you have children in childcare, some good news from the federal government, some childcare savings uh, that come into effect from this week. I'll go through those details for you in just a couple of moments. I want to talk about the floods. I'm going to refer to an article written by an academic who lives between Lismore and Ballina. She'll give a a first-hand account of the devastation up there, but more importantly, she asks the question that many aren't talking about. Why has the word words climate change not been mentioned during this latest series of climactic events? Anyway, I'll get into that for you very soon. Uh, That other issue of whether or not to raise the Warragamba Dam is something I'll touch on today as well. I noticed that Stuart Ayres, the Minister for Western Sydney, wrote an opinion piece yesterday in one of the newspapers. He puts his case forward for raising Warragamba Dam and uh, many of uh, his critics and the government's critics say, oh, you know, they only want to raise the dam so they can flog off land down there on the floodplain further north. No, that's not the case, says Stuart Ayres. So I'll go through his opinion piece and and uh, give you my say on it as well. Uh, plenty of your feedback coming up. Thank you very much to all of those who've made contact with the program, whether on the Marcus Paul in the Morning or Starter FM Facebook page, or you can always send me an email anytime you like as well, uh, Journalist at gmail.com.au, or send us a direct message on any of the Facebook pages, all right? That's how you get in contact with us at the moment. Uh, what about this powerful new alliance of women fighting for change? You know, speaking of powerful... Christine Holgate, Brittany Higgins, former Australian of the Year Grace Tame and Lucy Turnbull. Well, they formed a new alliance fighting for better rights for women across Australia. I'll talk about that story. And have you ever fallen victim to ticketing scams? Well, parasitic ticket resellers are facing an online scalping. Google could be forced to axe or deprioritize ticket resellers from search results. So outlets like Viagogo, I think they're in the sights of not only the opposition, but the federal government as well. So all that coming up and a whole lot more around Australia. Marcus Paul in the morning. Okay, welcome back. Well, one of the big stories of the past 24 hours is the fact that Australia's fleet of nuclear-powered submarines will be based on the east coast of the country, with two New South Wales port towns already shortlisted as possible locations for the new state-of-the-art $10 billion defence facility. Scott Morrison announced the federal government plans to build a new base for the subs, which will use technical nuclear information provided by either the United States or the United Kingdom under that new AUKUS agreement. In a speech yesterday to the Lowy Institute, Morrison confirmed Newcastle and Port Kembla down in the Illawarra, as well as Brisbane, have been earmarked as the three locations for the new base preferred by the Australian Defence Force. 
Look, why? Well, the towns meet many of the criteria required to achieve Australia's objectives, including being close to primary, maritime training and operational areas, deep water, weapon storage and loading facilities. There's also industrial infrastructure to support maintenance and repair of the high-technology submarines and a large population base from which the governments will seek to recruit and train the large workforce that will be needed. Now, the initial work assessing the suitability of each preferred location is expected to be completed by the end of next year, with the Australian Defence Force already authorised to immediately engage with the New South Wales governments in what Mr Morrison describes as an enormous undertaking. So those uh, negotiations have been given the green light by the federal government. In his speech, the Prime Minister also said a new base on the East Coast would bring, quote, significant positive long-term economic impacts in terms of construction, long-term support and developing defence industry capability. Uh, The Prime Minister also condemned yesterday Russian President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine and, once again beating the drums of war, warned of the global consequences if authoritarian regimes are left unchecked. He said the strategic, political, economic and social implications of this crisis will be deeply felt in Europe, but will inevitably stretch to the Indo-Pacific. This war of choice by Mr Putin is a reminder that although Australia's focus is the Indo-Pacific, events anywhere can affect our country. Now... Recognising China's rising influence in the region, Scott Morrison argues threats in the Indo-Pacific are coming from both state and non-state actors. Militarisation is expanding and evolving rapidly. He says also the challenge from more surreptitious malign activities, that is espionage, disinformation, cyber attacks, foreign interference and economic coercion is mounting daily. Look, we all know how bad the flooding has been on the east coast of Australia in the last couple of weeks, and we're certainly not out of the woods just yet. But I was moved by a piece that I read on Michael West Media Independent Journalist's website yesterday. It's written by an academic who lives in the Northern Rivers. Her name is Robin Fitzgerald. And she asks, I think, a very important question. Why the listless reaction from governments and the hush on climate change? She writes, the Morrison government has gone missing again at a time of crisis and devastation, despite its disaster relief fund brimming with $4.8 billion. Now, New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet finally made it to the outskirts of Lismore over the weekend. He vowed his support. He was visibly shaken at the magnitude of the devastation. But why has there been a failure of governments to respond in times of crisis, Robin Fitzgerald asks, with no mention of climate change? Now, Robin writes, I live just outside Alstonville, which is a a little town in northern New South Wales, close to beautiful beaches, waterholes, rainforest and wetlands, located between Lismore and Ballina. We are just one of many small, close-knit communities witnessing the unmitigated horror and devastation of floods ravaging the northern rivers. The trauma here is palpable, distressing, gruelling and multi-layered. No one and no things have been untouched. Last week, people I love 
huddled in ceilings with their kids as floodwaters threatened to swallow them. Friends suffered from hypothermia and exhaustion after climbing to the roofs of their homes, having spent hours in the waters, crying out into the night in the hope that someone somewhere might hear them. Hundreds watched on as their beloved pets, horses and whole dairy herds were washed away. Now, this is a community who live with floods in elevated homes who have historically lifted all their possessions well above all previous flood levels. The waters, though, had risen too rapidly this time while people slept, extending well beyond the flood zone. People still remain unaccounted for. Homes have been destroyed, streets remain covered in mud, and the stench of floodwaters filled with chemicals, petroleum and sump oil, along with dead carcasses, are oppressive. As with the recent fires where our rainforests burned, the suffering of our wildlife is unimaginable. She goes on, perhaps even more painful is that this suffering is also unnecessary. In a world already filled with inequality, the agony of the pandemic and the violence of war, we must humbly see the face of climate change in tragedies such as this. I say humbly because it is hard to see the face of climate change, not because it is hidden, but because seeing it requires that we touch, hold and behold the pain, the terror, the weeping and the heartache of its consequences within the deepest deepest depths of our heart. Yeah, it's a really, really good piece. Now, she goes on to say, as the tragedy still unfolds, may we let ourselves truly grieve and lament the loss and pain of so many and of the earth and our crying be heard and felt by all those affected by the floods. We are able to see from the place that I am, this is Robin Fitzgerald up there in the Northern Rivers, we are able to see the face of climate change in the lives of the people and the earth impacted by it from within our hearts and so begin the process of healing, transformation and creating a dynamic, organic harmony between humankind and earth. Yeah, it's a little flowery. I think it's a nice piece though. I mean, uh, Robin is... Uh, a ma- or she has a master's degree in spiritual direction, a PhD in law, and she runs silent retreats and med- uh, meditations. But I thought that was a really good piece. And why is there a reluctance at the moment, anyway, from leaders, both at state and federal level, to utter those words climate change when we speak of the devastation of the floods? Maybe you'd like to leave your comment on the Facebook page. Marcus Paul in the morning, live on Starter FM and the iHeartRadio app. All right, welcome back. Marcus Paul in the morning, live on Starter FM and on your favourite radio app, including iHeart and TuneIn. Well, some quarter of a million families with multiple children in childcare will save $2,000 a year under new changes to fees introduced by the federal government 
As of Monday yesterday, the rates of childcare subsidy will be lifted by 30 percentage points for the second child aged five or under and any younger children in childcare up to a maximum rate of 95%. Now, the higher subsidy will boost support for working families, bringing the costs down significantly for low and middle income families. That's according to the Minister for Education and Youth, Stuart Robert. Mr Robert said though these measures will ease the cost of childcare for around 250,000 families across Australia who on average will be $2,260 a year better off. That means more money in their pocket each week. That's what Mr Robert had to say yesterday in a joint statement with Government Services Minister Linda Reynolds and Minister for Women's Economic Security Jane Hume. For a family who are charged a typical fee and earn $120,000 a year with two children in childcare for five days a week, the saving will be $144 per week compared to current settings. Now, the fee change follows the removal of the annual childcare subsidy cap of $10,665 for families earning over $190,000 from December 10 last year and beyond. Now, Mr Roberts said that the move will make the childcare subsidy work harder for low and middle income families with more than one child in care, bringing their childcare costs down significantly. Families earning $180,000 will see the greatest return, with the childcare subsidy increase saving them around $162 a week, from $540 out of pocket to $378 out of pocket. A family with an income of $80,000, meanwhile, if that's you, you will see your out-of-pocket cost drop from $198 to $126. Now, Uh, The minister said the federal government is committed to ensuring families can continue to access high quality, affordable early childhood education and care and support parents uh, engaging in work, training and study. Now, this childcare subsidy increase was brought forward by four months to maximise savings for eligible families and to, quote, ensure families can benefit as soon as possible, according to the government. Well, just in time for a federal election. Anyway, the extra funds would flow automatically to parents, so there's nothing you need to do. Jane Hume, who is the Women's Economic Security Minister, said that childcare has the potential to remove barriers and to provide opportunities to those who need it most. Well, she's right. It's about empowerment and not dependence. The Morrison government is targeting our childcare spend to make sure carers, overwhelmingly women, get the choices and chances they expect and deserve. Now, despite the fee relief, however, rising childcare fees are likely to eat up some of these savings. Data from the ABS last year revealed family childcare expenses rose at least 8% in Sydney, Perth and Canberra. Now, at the same time, spending on childcare rose by 6.5% in Brisbane. Now, 
Georgie Dent, who I've spoken to before on the program, who's the executive director of family advocacy group, The Parenthood, said Australian parents already pay some of the most expensive out-of-pocket costs for childcare in the world, and these costs continue to soar for many families. The burden of fees forces too many working families into terrible choices, including discouraging women from going back to work and stopping young children from attending early learning programs vital for their development. All right, so that's just some of the latest there. But look, the headline is some quarter of a million Australian families with multiple children in childcare will save around $2,000 a year under these new changes that started this week with the rate of the childcare subsidy. And that uh, those fee changes have been introduced by the Morrison government. Marcus Paul in the morning. If you want to leave your comment on that story, maybe let me know your situation. You can do so on the Facebook page. Now, if you would like to support what we're doing here at Marcus Paul in the morning, we are always after sponsors here on the program. Sponsors like the wonderful Fox Safety Consulting. If you would like to be a part of the program and have me read out uh, the benefits of your business, no matter what size, get in contact with us at starterfm.com.au. Anyway, workplace health and safety, WHS or OHS, depending on the state or territory that you're in, is a requirement of every trading business in the country. There's no getting around it. That's why your business, no matter how big or how small, needs Fox Safety Consulting. Workplace health and safety or occupational health and safety can be confusing. There's no doubt about that. And of course, it can also be very frustrating. That is, what do you do and how do you do it? That is why your business, no matter how big or how small, needs Fox Safety Consulting. Now, at Fox Safety Consulting, Rick and his team will take the time to get to know your business and to understand how it operates so they can provide the very best in safety for your workplace. They will design, customise practical solutions to fit your needs, and they'll make sure your business remains compliant. But equally as important, they'll keep your workers safe. Fox Safety Consulting's national network of consultants are now ready to support your safety journey. Already building a strong reputation, Fox Safety Consulting is currently working with micro-businesses along with governments right across the country. So get in touch today and see how they can help you and your business. To make an inquiry, go to foxsafety.com.au and choose Fox Safety Consulting to support your safety journey. All right, if you would like to be a sponsor here on Marcus Paul in the morning, just go to starterfm.com.au and send us a message. Now, of course, with all the uh, the flood activity around Sydney's northwest, I see that Stuart Ayres, who's the Minister for Western Sydney, uh, wrote an opinion piece yesterday for News Limited. I'll go through it and uh, give you some thoughts on it. And Stuart writes, here we are again. Almost exactly 12 months ago, the Nepean Hawkesbury was feeling the brunt of the worst flooding in 30 years. Today, we are seeing another warning sign from nature that we must raise the Warragamba Dam wall. The Hawkesbury-Nepean Valley is one of the highest 
risk flood zones in Australia and it deserves better flood mitigation. The New South Wales government has recognised this risk and through its Hawkesbury Nepean flood risk management strategy called Resilient Valley, Resilient Communities, proposes nine actions to improve the situation. Now, Stuart writes, there's no magic bullet. It requires the multifaceted approach set out in the strategy. A critical part of the strategy is raising the Warragamble wall storage capacity by 14 metres. Stewart argues this would allow the temporary storage of almost 1,000 gigalitres of water in the dam in flood events, the equivalence of two Sydney harbours. Uh, that's a lot of water. Our assessment of the floods last year showed this would have reduced the flood peaks at Penrith by over five metres and in the Hawkesbury by over three and a half metres. Stewart continues, in a flood event, every single metre counts. It can be the difference between life and death, the difference between a road or bridge staying open for evacuation and the difference in which a business is closed for days or months. Raising the dam wall, says Stuart Ayres, is about creating airspace to hold back water temporarily during flood events. It is not about storing extra drinking water. Using this airspace for storage capacity will undermine its flood mitigation effectiveness. Also, raising the dam wall has nothing to do with additional development in high-risk flood areas. Well, I'm glad he's brought that up because that's been one of the criticisms and one of uh, the arguments against raising the dam wall. Um, critics of the New South Wales government and of Mr Ayres have argued that, oh, well, they only want to raise the wall in Warragamba so they can, you know, sell off land down in on the floodplain to developers. So I'll just repeat that. Stuart Ayres says... Raising the dam wall has nothing to do with additional development in high-risk flood areas. He goes on, the current government over the past 10 years has significantly constrained development that was permissible under past governments. It makes absolutely no sense to raise the dam wall for flood mitigation purposes and then increase flood risk with inappropriate development. A flood mitigation wall at Warragamba Dam is about protecting people who already live forward of the dam. It won't stop every flood, but will reduce damages by up to 75% in most floods. It will save billions of dollars in recovery costs, not to mention in many cases the heartache and despair. Well, what do you make of that? Uh, That's the government's perspective from the Minister of Western Sydney, Stuart Ayres. Uh, I agree with a lot of what he says, although uh, proponents against raising the dam wall are worried about the environmental impacts in the Burragurong Valley. What do you make of it all? Please leave your thoughts on our Facebook page, Marcus Paul in the Morning on Starter FM and the iHeartRadio app. Well, I see here that Google could be forced to axe or deprioritise ticket resellers from its search results under a Labor blueprint to prevent Australians falling victim to scams and price gouging. I don't know about you, but I I haven't come across anything like this. I tend to buy from Ticketek and, you know, the authorised agencies that sell tickets to either the football or wherever it is, a concert. Um, But I know that there are some... Shysters out there 
Now, the federal opposition is also considering banning ticket-buying bots, legislating a ticket resale price cap of 110% and a consumer watchdog review. Via GoGo. Now, that's the mob that's been criticised heavily in the past for inflating ticket prices and ripping off consumers. Viagogo is set to be in the firing line of Labor's attack, with art spokesman Tony Burke blasting the reseller as a parasite on the industry. It's shocking that just as the industry is trying to get back on its feet, ticket resellers are once again out there gouging fans desperate to come back to gigs. Now, Mr Burke said they sell overpriced and often totally fake tickets that have left countless concert goers disappointed. Imagine that. You hop onto, okay, let's just say, I don't know, Taylor Swift, for instance, is playing in Sydney, or whoever you want to pick, right? You you desperately want to get to this gig. You've missed out on the original uh, ticket offering, so you hop onto this via GoGo site and you're paying well and truly above the odds, maybe a massive inflated inflated cost, you get to the concert itself, you try and hand over your ticket and they say, sorry, this isn't valid. Uh, what recourse have you got? And that's why I think this is a good move by by Labor. A draft information standard which would require ticket resale websites to disclose the original face value of tickets and that they are not the primary seller was also being developed by the federal government at the moment. Look, I don't care who does it, whether it's the opposition, if they gain power a little later this year, or if the incumbents roll on after the next federal election, something does need to be done about this. These parasitic teller Uh, ticket resellers should face an online scalping. There's no doubt about that because I know so many people who have written to me and I see them in the letters to the editor uh, complaining about Viagogo and others. You know, they've spent a fortune, paid well and truly above what the original ticket price is and (laughs) they're useless. Well, I like this... Prominent Australian women have formed a powerful new alliance calling for concrete actions to protect women and children from violence, harassment and to end discrimination. Yeah, this powerful new alliance of women are fighting for change. The group called Safety, Respect, Equality include Christine Holgate, of course, the former boss of Australia Post. We know Christine. Uh, Brittany Higgins... Former Australian of the Year, Grace Tame. Lucy Turnbull's also involved. (laughs) That'll get the Conservatives upset. Anyway, they've all penned an open letter to Australians calling for reforms to address a range of issues disproportionately affecting women. What do you make of this? Former Australia Post boss Miss Holgate said women in Australia have been calling for action for generations. There have been countless reviews, inquiries, promises, conferences and bodies established to assess and report on the inequality and injustice that women face, but there has been no meaningful change. She said we will not accept this any longer. Now, the women will seek action on critical issues, including preventing sexual harassment and bullying, implementing stronger and consistent child sexual assault laws, and expansion of paid parental leave. Well, I think it's a good move. 
and I'm sure it would be upsetting many uh, that these powerful women have formed this new alliance. The group is called Safety Respect Equality. Well done to them and all power to them. Welcome back, Marcus Paul in the morning around Australia on Starter and the iHeartRadio app. I can't believe right now I am sitting in Isaac Butterfield's studio. I'm amazed. I've just I've just walked in. He sat me down here at the uh, uh, this beautiful desk. When I say desk, it's like mahogany. And and here's the man himself right opposite me. The beard stands out. From miles away, I think I can see it coming off the expressway around the corner. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Thank you very much for uh, coming up here. Yes, this table, I don't know what type of wood it is, but it's about 200 kilos. It's very, very heavy. Um, This this setting that we have in here, and you can check it out on my podcast, but um, we've got this massive buffalo head that was uh, shot by Adam Greentree. The only other person that has one of these from Adam is Joe Rogan. And uh, we have a, a marvellous assortment of World War II. Memorabilia. Um, memorabilia, historical items. There's yeah. a German helmet, an Australian helmet, sure. an American helmet. Um, there's a Marines knife over there. There's a, a, a bayonet from um, from the German military in World War II. We have, in, case any, in case any of your guests well, go I, a little too far. I just love knickknacks and, and weird okay. things. You know, yeah. I've got some... Um, a couple of pieces of marble up there that I took from um, when I was in Rome and I was in the Roman Forum and I may have just went to tie my shoe and picked up a little bit of marble off the ground. Don't Oops. tell anyone. No, we were um, But it's wow, there. okay. Just bits and pieces, mate. There's Amazing. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a photo and I'll, I'll put it up for, sure. for all of my listeners to see. And, of course, uh, look, most people that would listen to me, uh, some probably came from you the last time because you were on my old program. I was. I was indeed. That was fun. Well, it's, mate, it's, it, was, it was good. I'm happy to be on this program. Thank you, mate. Um, yeah, there's been a few changes, but that's okay. We'll talk about that in your uh, – what are we doing a little later? I mean, who knows? We're going to have a conversation. And that's oh, okay. that's the great thing about you're, podcasts. You're being is, very coy about this. It's almost no, like no. There's no setup. It's just a convers- no, I, it's just a conversation about okay. not about anything in particular. Right. We're just going to talk and see where it comes. And that's what I like about podcasts. Sure. Is you yeah. can in the radio business, as you well know, and you know much much more intimately than I do. You have you know a, a segment to fill. A bit of a structure. A structure. Yeah, to sure. It. Yeah. With this, we can talk for as many hours as we want to about as many different topics as we want to. We can talk shit. We can talk shit. We can swear. We can yeah. say whatever we want. We can say okay. things that we can't get cancelled unless you talk about one certain thing that you can't talk about. But um, that's when YouTube what will might take that it down. Uh, some type of illness or something oh, that's getting around. Okay. You can't talk yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, regardless of your opinion, uh, that's you can't right. talk about I was it. never really allowed to talk about that anyway. I bet. Um, well, doctors aren't any us either, so yeah. <laughs> why would I? But no, mate, um, it's okay. it's going to be an interesting convo. What Tell do you, me what do you about got? the Mona Butzman. Well, the Mona Butzman is yeah. a fantastic piece that's on the wall here. It's me yeah. um, photoshopped into the image of uh, the Mona Lisa, a pretty well-known painting apparently. Um, but that used to be on a T-shirt and we did some posters and I thought I'd put it up in here. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I like that. It's uh, it's different. There's a lot of different things in here, but every single piece in here and in the big shelf in the other studio yeah. had, tells a story. Every one of those pieces or those behind you, there's an alcohol cart. Um, every one of those. Oh, don't worry. I saw that. <laughs> that was the first thing I saw when I walked in. Every one of those whiskeys is from a show. Wow. Um, in a different part of the country. Uh, 
all over the world. And uh, so everything in here tells a story and that's, that's what I like about it. So tell me, you're touring at the moment. You're about to head where? I'm heading to Tasmania at the end of the week, which is exciting. Um, Hobart and Launceston, a beautiful part of the world. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, gorgeous. Horrible looking people, but a very well, nice part of the world. Thank you very much. Um, right. I'll leave my, I'll throw my second head on mm. uh, to go down there. But, mate. Will um, your second have a, head have a beard as well? I think you should. Yeah, why twin not? beards. Why not? You've got to run with the good stuff. If it's working, why change just it? Grab some off your chest or something. I'm not a very hairy man, other than just the face. I've got to be honest. Um, I thought before I came up here today to have a chat, I thought I'm going to try and find a fake beard. Oh. To put on, but I couldn't find one anywhere. You know who does that? Jordan Shanks does that. Jordan does fake beards. He puts a, Every time he talks about me in a video, he puts a fake beard on. Oh. He I, did it the I other day. Oh, I didn't see that yet. Yeah, he, he just starts talking about me and about the stinky dick thing. Stinky oh, dick thing yeah, is a catchphrase. Dick stinks. dick stinks. Mm. Um, do you want to hear the story about why I say that at the end of my videos? Tell me. So the reason I say me dick stinks at the end of my videos is because I used to say, be a good mother effer. Yeah. Right? Now, the reason I changed it was because people were yelling out at me, be a good mother effer all the time, and I thought that was great, but I ma- imagine if I could make people say something absolutely ridiculous in the middle of the public setting. So now people scream at me, <laughs> me dick stinks in public, and I love it. Well, absolutely, because other people will look yeah. and think, going on but look you're a pretty recognizable dude oh yeah you know when it's i terrifying. first when i first saw um something of you i thought ned kelly mm. this bloke could play ned kelly in an upcoming ned kelly docudrama or series or something there is a ned kelly helmet up behind you there did you see oh, that of course there is. you've worn one before i've seen a, a yeah, picture of you yeah because you've, the beard yeah the beard the eyes the look the haircut almost mm. um yeah, you could you could make a bush ranger. Well, it's a great part of Australian folklore, of course, absolutely, and, uh, and history. And um, why not? Why not make the most of it? You know, if I just so think, is that one of your personas? No, 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 no. I just like the beard. Okay, I just I think I look ridiculous without a beard. You know, I think a I lot of men. Ima- look- I, could, <laughs> I couldn't imagine you it's without ridiculous. a beard. It's ridiculous. It doesn't look good. I, I, people have told me why would you why would you shave it after I've shaved it? Said, well, you can't now. It? Because no. it's your trademark. Yes, exactly. It's all over merch. It's all over yep. tickets. It's all all over that. You can't get rid of it. So, tell me about your your live show. It's a great show. Yeah, I'm five sure stars. It is. I gave it. Um, yeah. No, well, it's uh, it's not for everybody. Um, and by that I mean a lot of people get offended by particular parts of it. I just enjoy offensive shock humor. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I love. You know, well, there's a place for it. Absolutely. Are you worried? I mean, you, you told me before we started chatting, you know, about, about being cancelled. You can't effectively be cancelled when you're doing your own thing. Although, no. uh, I have read previously that in some places you've toured around the country, they wanted to throw you out of town. Yeah, Byron Bay was a bit of an That's issue. The one. Byron Bay FM came after me. They were. Uh, <laughs> They were not happy with me, and and it was great what happened. Byron to, Bay FM, so well known, well known. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, on a, one of the big networks. Um, I'm pretty sure Hamish and Andy might have a show on or something. And uh, it's not at all. It's a terrible no. show. It doesn't exist anymore because of me. I right. made a video about it, and yeah. I said this is early on, and oh, I, I remember that. Yep. I don't know if I'd do this now, but I said this is Byron Bay's email address. This is their phone number. Feel free to give them a call and let them know. What what you think about it. And they, it blew up their switchboard. Um, people were still copying um, shit from it, like, up until recently. And it just – they stopped. So you cancelled them. Yeah. And Rather I, than them cancelling And I didn't you, want to do that. You cancelled them. They were trolled. And – 
But they were, you know, and I did feel bad about it, them losing their, well, I don't think they were making any money from it, but losing their positions on the show. But they did come out and say some pretty horrible things about me. What so. did they say? Oh, that I hate women, that I hate oh, particular people of Just uh, because of you make a joke about something doesn't hate. mean that you hate. There is no hate yeah, in yeah. this house, in this studio, wherever yeah. we are in the world. There's no hate. It's just we talk a lot of shit. That's all it is. And sometimes when you do talk shit, um, people will be offended. And you're, that's, you, and that's fine. You don't worry about offending people, do you? No. Well, why no. should you? If I talk about, let's say I do an Aboriginal joke on stage, the vast majority of people who will be offended by it are white people. Yeah. Because what, we can't make jokes about Aboriginal people? We can't no, make jokes about different people? I think they've been attuned to it. Well, people are, people are used to people making fun of them. It's the Australian mm. way. Like if you, if you do something really hateful, then you're, yeah, sure, yeah, you're, yeah. you're a bad person. But if you just – carrying on on stage, just being silly. And and that is the contract we enter into when we go into a comedy room. We know that what's being said on stage yes. isn't real. This is not what this person particularly thinks. Like I say horrible things to people on stage, like in my audience, if they're yelling things out. I t- the worst things of all, oh, kill yourself, like all that type of yep, shit. Yep. Horrible things. None of it I mean. And then when I meet everyone after the show, and I do, I meet everyone after the Even show. Even the hecklers. Everyone. We all shake hands. We're yeah. all best friends. It's great. Yeah. And that is because they know that this is not the real me. This is no. a pretend character that gets up there and is larger than life. And, and you're entertaining and them. And they're paying good money and, my yeah. God, I make a good living. And I tell you what, I deserve it. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'll look at the studio. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Now, you were heckled the other week, didn't I? Reading um, the heckler actually got thrown out. What, what happened there? Oh, it was a lady in Warnable in Victoria <laughs> and she was – I never throw people out. The only reason I ever throw someone out is if they're affecting the time of the other patrons. Yeah, of course. Because I can deal with hecklers. I've dealt with any type of heckler, Mm -hmm. everyone. I've had people rush the stage. I've had people threaten me. I've had things thrown, whatever. I've seen it all. But I hate it when people are just, you know, belligerently drunk, if you will, Mm -hmm. and they just ruin other people's time. Yeah, and that was that's what this lady was doing. After every everything I'd say, if I if I left a pause, she would fill it with like a noise, not even a, a groan, not even a word, and it just ruined it for people. She was very very intoxicated. She actually apologized to me oh, okay. um, about it, and uh, and uh, yeah, and yeah. So it's it's all good, but um, you know, I made a video about it and got some views. So that's, that's all. I, that's all I wanted. It's all about entertainment. Uh, make content out of. Whatever, Whatever happens. happens. Yeah, that's exactly well, right. It's exactly thinking right. the same. So what would your advice to be to little old me just starting out independently with this uh, little radio show? Okay, we've got a little platform here. I've got just shy of 18,000 followers at the moment. Um, what would your advice be? Content. Put out content. Yeah. Everything. You should be okay. doing content daily. Well, I am. Yeah, on the radio show, it should be everywhere. You should be doing video content. You should be doing YouTube. You should be posting things on TikTok. But I don't have a beard. It doesn't matter. I joined TikTok yesterday. Have you made a video yet? Yeah, one. How did it go? Um, Terrible? We'll make another one. And then make another one. But I only just started it yesterday. That's okay. That's okay. My my point is make as much content as possible. Okay. Attract as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you have to have – like there's some people on Instagram that have got 80 million followers. You don't need that. No, no, no. You need a couple of of thousand, a couple of hundred thousand, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, And it will grow over time and it takes a while. What's a little weird is – and and people in the the commercial radio industry have said to me, uh, we can't understand you've got – 
17, 18, whatever thousand followers on your Facebook, but you're reaching. I mean, my Facebook reach on a good month, I'll get up to nearly a million people wow. every 28 days. So cool. I must be doing something right. Yeah. How do I make money out of that? Just put out more content. Uh, you make, you're not making YouTube videos yet, are you? What's that? Get, no, I know. Get a video. Yep, get yep, a video. Yep. Not a video camera. Use your phone. You don't need a video yeah. camera. Record your thoughts on things. But you, you guys do them so professionally. Here. But it didn't start out like that. No. Okay. And you don't need to. Like there's – we make um, these ghost documentaries mm-hmm. and they're really good. Their production value is amazing. Yeah. And they, they cost about 10 grand each to make. Okay. And so they're very expensive. Sure. And thankfully a lot of the time we get a sponsor on board that really yep. cuts a lot of the costs. I don't make much money from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably break even, you know, 70% of the time. Okay. But I enjoy making them. Love it. And it's good content. Yeah. Yep. There is – and we have four or five people employed to do that, all that type of stuff. Okay. But – there are there is people on YouTube that have made videos, particular ghost documentaries that are filmed with a one iPhone or two iPhones that have mm-hmm. fifteen to twenty million views on the video. Wow! So it doesn't matter what it looks like. So it doesn't have to be like a um, a you know a Butsman production or a Friendly no. Geordie's production. No, it doesn't have to be you know um, like a, a Cameron epic. No. Okay. It's about the content. All right. I better get content making then. Yeah. But and people are making content forever. Writing mm. newspaper articles, that's content. Making a radio mm. show, that's content. And it is. Content is king. The more you can be in front of people's eyes, the more okay. they'll listen to you. Let me uh, – so if I'm doing a, a little segment like I did uh, on the show this morning or I'm talking about the cost of living or I'm talking about how, you know, how on earth can my sons, age 21 and 19, ever afford to be able to buy a house anywhere within cooey of me in Sydney? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you, you list where the mortgage stress is. Stuff like that, just put it on video. Break it down for people. Explain yeah. why it's an issue. Yeah, Because you know, okay. people want to hear what they already believe and then if you can explain it to them why mm. it's happening, then they go, oh, right, that makes so much sense. Like, um, you know, for the housing market, all that type of stuff. Basically, sure. what do you do for a kid that wants to buy a house? Well, tell them they're dreaming. I guess that is probably what yeah. you tell them. Um, or tell them to make a YouTube channel. That's the only reason I ever bought a house. Without without YouTube, without the success of YouTube and my comedy career, I would never sure. would have, how would I have bought a house? Yeah. You know, I, I moved uh, 30 minutes out, well, not 30 minutes, 25 minutes out of Newcastle mm-hmm. and I bought a house for half the price of what you'd buy in town. Yeah. And in Sydney, I imagine it's three, Forget four it. times. It, there's no chance. Average there's 1. no 1.2, 1.4. I mean, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. My house, you've seen my house. Yeah. 750. Brand new two-story house, 750, and all you have to do See, is I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm getting married this year and mm. I, I need to convince the fiancé that, this whole caper is going to work. Otherwise, she's going to toss me out and tell me to lay bricks. Yeah. Because I have a uh, – that's an old thing that I, you know, I have a, uh, a trade to fall back on. Yep. I do not, at my age, 50, no. want to lay bricks anymore. Good grief, no. No. But it's – man, it's it's scary being in your position. Yeah. But I, I think it's a great moment for you. It can be. Okay. Because at that point you can go – and don't get me wrong, I've never done what you're about to do. I've mm. never – Gone from a well. I mean, I have quick. Oh, you're, but you got one thing going for you though. The beard, or what? Talent. Talent. Well, mate, from what I hear, it's a different sort of thing though. But it doesn't matter. Mm. This, I was so uncomfortable in front of cameras. I didn't know how to edit. I didn't understand any of it, and I didn't want to do it. And I was scared. I was yeah. Scared what people would make fun of me, all that type of stuff. But I did it anyway. I taught myself how to edit. I taught myself how to film. Oh, yeah. I yeah. wrote my videos. I used to think to myself, how am I going to get a video out a week? 
and now I do five videos a week, a podcast, and then another video for my other channel, and then I do some Pokemon card openings because it's a tax write-off, so I put it on YouTube. Love it. Don't tell anyone. No, we won't. <laughs> Don't All tell right. the idea. <laughs> no, no. Look, mate, um, where are you touring uh, because this little show? I'm everywhere. Google me. Everywhere. Google go. him. Yeah. All right, so Google uh, the Buttsman, Isaac Butterfield. Mate, thanks for uh, agreeing to have a chat with me on the program. Appreciate it. And we've got something coming out soon together, haven't we, on your uh no, mate, what next Tuesday, yeah. the Cancer Been Out podcast, mm. currently ranked probably number one in the in Australia on Spotify, maybe not, maybe a little bit lower. Okay. Um, there's all we're these. At we're at five for a while, but we don't count all the Spotify originals because okay. Spotify artificially puts them in front of sure, us. Sure, sure. Uh, so, yeah, we're number one. Uh, check out Cancel Me Now uh, out right. every single Tuesday and on YouTube as well. Okay, can't wait. Thanks, mate. Bye. All right, welcome back. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, uh, I look forward to PE or physical education. (laughs) Um, Usually, uh, I was happy if I was doing a sport that I enjoyed, but even, you know, sports that I guess aren't in the mainstream, you know, like, well, volleyball, that's pretty mainstream, I guess, these days, but basketball and others. Um, What did you do when you did PE at school? Well, I read with interest that there's a push to replace some school sports with something a little different, chess and board games. And this has the state's phys ed teachers horrified, labelling the move as lazy and wrong as Australia battles an obesity crisis. (laughs) I don't know. Would you prefer your kids are playing basketball or chess? Anyway, with one in five New South Wales children beyond a healthy weight, obesity experts say kids should have at least moderate physical activity on sports day. The PE community, a lot of them are up in arms apparently. Others are just rolling with the punches because it's a fight that they're not going to win. That's according to Susan Turnbull from the New South Wales PDHPE Teachers Association. I didn't know there was one. Anyway, in addition to PE lessons, she said schools typically run all sorts of uh, school sport for a couple of hours, one day of the week, overseen by teachers from other departments. She says, this is Miss Turnbull from the New South Wales PDHPE Teachers Association, I don't know the rationale behind it. But there are some teachers out there who aren't too keen on sport for a start. She said it certainly doesn't fulfil NISA requirements for physicality and nationally we have a quarter of all children obese or overweight. Well, she's absolutely right. New South Wales Education Standards Authority guidelines state students from kindergarten to year 10 must complete at least 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity every week. One PE teacher at an unnamed school appealed to his colleagues to resist a management push to include chess. He wrote that he was horrified at the thought. Can this really be an option? PE shouldn't, physical education shouldn't include board games. What's next, Scrabble? I mean, there's nothing wrong with chess or Scrabble or, you know, exercising your mind, but PE, physical exercise, exercise is supposed to be just that, isn't it? There's nothing wrong with exercising the brain. 
But aren't the kids already doing that in maths, science, history, geography, economics, all that? Anyway, lazy teachers said film appreciation and flower arranging had also been offered. What? Film appreciation. Again, that's not PE. Flower arranging. Again, that's not PE either. According to its website, Mossman High School in Sydney had chess as a sports option. But a a Department of Education spokesman denied this was currently the case. University of Sydney obesity expert Professor Louise Bauer acknowledged some children were not naturally good at sport, but said the onus was on schools to help them find things they enjoyed to set them up with good exercise habits later in life. Well, see, that's right. That's what this is all about. It's about uh, getting children off their backsides off chairs, off sofas, off tablets, off phones, and out exercising in some way, shape, or form. Now, if you're offering things like chess and checkers and all that sort of flower arranging, film appreciation, they're not moving around. There's no physicality to any of that. I think chess and board games are important, but they should not be in place of good, fun activity programs. Now, Kellyville mum, Jessica McAuliffe, said her children, Oliver, who's seven, Joshua, 10, and Isabella, 12, loved chess, but she also wants them to be physically active. She's told News Corp, I don't think chess is physical enough for a sport. I love it for its other developmental uh, benefits, and mind-wise, I don't think it's a good replacement. I would rather watch them go out and play. Well, she's absolutely right, this mum from Kellyville, Jessica. Uh, What do you make of it? Leave your thoughts on the comments section of the Facebook page. Marcus Paul in the morning. All right, welcome back. Uh, I always love perusing the letters to the editors of various newspapers, whether it's the Oz, the Telegraph or the Sydney Morning Herald. Um, Albo's come in for a bit of stick in the News Corp papers. Rob Jones of Panania writes, Floody hell, where is Albo? The answer is simple. Anywhere he can avoid having to talk policies or submit to questioning. He's all hat and no cowboy, says Rob in Panania. Well, I think we have a fair idea of where Rob is headed with his vote in May. And this one as well from Peter, who's from well, somewhere in the ACT. Albo kicks an own goal, says Peter. Surely Anthony Albanese has scored an own goal by deciding to abandon Marrickville and campaign on the other side of the country with WA Premier Mark McGowan. It is painfully obvious that the Labor Party is once again missing the point or moving in the wrong direction when they have everyone playing the Where's Albo game. All right, well, what do you make of that? Um... You know, it's a big country. Uh, there are safe seats. Marrickville's pretty safe. Uh, I have no doubt that Anthony Albanese has no issues in Marrickville. Um, but Labor are pretty popular in WA, of course, with Mark McGowan. Uh, now, there's been some really nice uh, letters written in relation to Shane Warne's passing. Sad and shocking loss of cricket's ultimate champ rights, Marg, in Castle Hill. He drank. He smoked. He was a joker and he was controversial. But his brilliance as a spin bowler on the cricket pitch was unparalleled. 
Experts in the sporting field can attest to his talent and will eloquently describe his greatness much better than I could. There have been heartfelt tributes from world leaders, music stars, sporting legends, his former teammates and those who knew him well. All shocked at his early demise at the young age of only 52. He had a great sporting career, later as a successful commentator. And so much more to look forward to in the future that unfortunately will never unfold. Vale Shane Warne. That's a nice tribute. This one as well from Daryl at the entrance. Most Australians have been waiting for some good news to overshadow the two terrible stories. The Ukraine war and the current floods disaster that have dominated the past week. We didn't really expect that. Within 24 hours, we would lose not one, but two cricket legends to shock us yet again. Rod Marsh and Shane Warne had more in common than just being legends. They were both lovable larrikins with lots of stories told about them. I have been fortunate enough to have played and watched cricket for many years. When I was a boy, my heroes were Keith Miller and Richie Benno. But in the early 90s onwards, I was equally fascinated by the spinning genius of Warney. To watch him weave his magic box of tricks against the best batsman in the world was simply spellbinding. So perhaps we should accept the hopeful good news as being the wonderful permanent memories that most of us have of these two fantastic cricketers. Yeah, another nice tribute there, that one from Daryl of the Entrance. And finally, this one from Janice up there in Malua Bay, the death destruction and the human tragedy of women and children fleeing their homeland following Putin's invasion of a sovereign country is a wake-up call of gargantuan proportions. If the United Nations, NATO, the UN Security Council, etc., all useless bureaucracies, think that Putin will stop once he invades and destroys Ukraine, they are dreaming. This is a ruthless dictator who cares not a jot for his own country or his people in pursuing his dream of rebuilding the Russian Soviet Empire. The Russian attacks on nuclear power facilities is a violation of international law, and it seems as if Putin is goading world leaders into World War III. Unfortunately, the world leaders are being consumed with the climate change hubris and are reliant on their energy and oil from the invader. So, Houston, we have a problem. The world has one big problem. All right, that's uh, what Janice has to say in Malua Bay. Okay, well, that's it for Tuesday's show. Thank you very much for being a part of it. If you missed any of what we had to discuss today, of course, you can always listen back to the Prawncast, the podcast. Uh, That should drop in the next hour or so. It'll be up on the Starter FM and Marcus Paul in the Morning Facebook pages. Uh, We also encourage you to leave your your feedback, any comments, any criticism. Uh, Not too much criticism. It's only our second show, but let us know what you think and how we can improve things and and maybe there's something you might want me to talk about. Uh, And also, if you want to send me an email, we're in the process of setting up a Starter FM one for me, but in the meantime, if you would like to send me a, a, an email, marcuspauljournalist at gmail.com. Just a couple of shout-outs before we go. Uh, thank you to Sue. Great interview with Helen Dalton yesterday, Marcus. Great tunes too. 
Well, good, Sue. I'm glad you're enjoying the music. Uh, Raisin, good to hear you on the airwaves again, Marcus. We're listening just north of Parks. And we also enjoyed Helen Dalton's interview. Uh, Wes says, welcome back, King Prawn. Jean-Luc Hafey, thank you for your message. Carol, great show, Marcus. Kyle Towles, uh, who's tuned in at work. Thank you, Kyle, appreciate that. Uh, Loza Watson, who listens into the program from Adelaide, uh, says, I hope you enjoy your new FM home. Well, I'm loving the music. Uh, this one from Gwen, good to hear your voice again. Liam, more prawny, less music. Great to have you back. Uh, yeah, well, we're in the process. Look, we're, you know, it's a, a work in progress. Show number one, probably a little less me, a bit more of me today and a little less music. But look, we will continue. Any ideas, uh, any suggestions, make sure you let us know either on the Facebook pages, uh, Marcus Paul in the morning or Starter FM. Podcast will drop soon. We look forward to your company again tomorrow as we get into Wednesday's show. Stay safe, particularly if you're out there amongst the floods. If it's flooded, forget it. Please be very careful. Look after each other. And I'll catch you again tomorrow morning.